0: The Argonian Account, Book 3, by Wagi and Yarth, Decimascati's Continued Adventures in Blackmarsh, Volume 3. Decimascati was supposed to be in Gideon, a thoroughly imperialized city in southern Blackmarsh, arranging business dealings to improve commerce in the province on behalf of Lord Vanek's building commission and its clients. Instead, he was in a half-submerged, rotten little village called Hyksa-Noag, where he knew no one, except for a drug smuggler named Cairo Gemulus. Gemulus was not at all perturbed that the merchant caravan had gone north instead of south. He even let Scotty share his bucket of trod, tiny little crunchy fish he had bought from the villagers. Scotty would have preferred them cooked, or at any rate dead, but Gemulus blithely explained that dead cooked trod are deadly poison. If I were where I was supposed to be, Scotty pouted, putting one of the wriggling little creatures in his mouth, I could be having a roast, and some cheese, and a glass of wine. "'I sell moon sugar in the north, and buy it in the south,' he shrugged. "'You have to be more flexible, my friend. "'My only business is in Gideon,' Scotty frowned. "'Well, you have a couple of choices,' replied the smuggler. "'You could just stay here. "'Most villages in Argonia don't stay put for very long, "'and there's a good chance Hicks and Noag will drift right down to the gates of Gideon. "'Might take you a month or two. "'Probably the easiest way. "'That'd put me far behind schedule. "'Next option, you could join up with the caravan again,' said Gamulus. They might be going in the right direction this time, and they might not get stuck in the mud, and they might not be all murdered by Naga highwaymen. Not tempting, Scotty frowned. Any other ideas? Ride the roots, the Underground Express, Gamulus grinned. Follow me. Scotty followed Gamulus out of the village and into a copse of trees surrounded by veils of wispy moss. The smuggler kept his eye on the ground, poking at the viscous mud intermittently. Finally, he found a spot which triggered a mass of big oily bubbles to rise to the surface. Perfect, he said. Now, the important thing is not to panic. The express will take you due south. That's the wintertide migration. And you'll know you're near Gideon when you see a lot of red clay. Just don't panic. And when you see a mass of bubbles, that's a breathing hole you can use to get out. Scotty looked at Gemulus blankly. The man was talking perfect gibberish. What? Gamulus took Scotty by the shoulder, and positioning him on top of the mass of bubbles, you stand right here. Scotty sank quickly into the mud, staring at the smuggler, horror-struck. And remember, to wait till you see the red clay, and then the next time you see bubbles, push up. The more Scotty wriggled to get free, the faster he sunk. The mud enveloped Scotty to his neck, and he continued staring, unable to articulate anything but a noise like, oogh. "'And don't panic at the idea you're being digested. You could live in a rootworm's belly for months.' Scotty took one last, panicked gasp of air and closed his eyes before he disappeared into the mud. The clerk felt a warmth he hadn't expected all around him. When he opened his eyes, he found that he was entirely surrounded by a translucent goo and was traveling rapidly forward, southward, gliding through the mud as if it were air, skipping along an intricate network of roots.' Scotty felt confusion and euphoria in equal measures, madly rushing forward through an alien environment of darkness, spinning around and over the thick, fibrous tentacles of the trees. It was as if he were high in the sky at midnight, not deep beneath the swamp in the Underground Express. Looking up slightly at the massive root structure above, Scotty saw something wriggle past, an eight-foot-long, armless, legless, colorless, boneless, eyeless, nearly shapeless creature riding the roots. Something dark was inside of it, and as it came closer, Scotty could see it was an Argonian man. He waved, and the disgusting creature the Argonian was in flattened slightly and rushed onward. Gimulus's words began to reappear in Scotty's mind at this sight. The wintertide migration, air hole, you're being digested. These were the phrases that danced around, as if trying to find some place to live in a brain which was highly resistant to them coming in. But there was no other way to look at the situation. Scotty had gone from eating living fish to being eaten alive as a way of transport. He was in one of those worms. Scotty made an executive decision to faint. He awoke in stages, having a beautiful dream of being held in a woman's warm embrace. Smiling and opening his eyes, the reality of where he really was rushed over him. The creature was still rushing madly, blindly forward, gliding over roots, but it was no longer like a flight through the night sky. Now, it was like the sky at sunrise, in pinks and reds. Scotty remembered Gemulus telling him to look for the red clay, and he would be near Gideon. The next thing he had to do was find the bubbles. There were no bubbles anywhere. Though the inside of the worm was still warm and comfortable, Scotty felt the weight of the earth all around him. Just don't panic, Gemulus had said, but it was one thing to hear that advice, and quite another to take it. He began to squirm, and the creature began to move faster at the increased pressure from within. Suddenly, Scotty saw it ahead of him, a slim spire of bubbles rising up through the mud from some underground stream, straight up through the roots to the surface above him. The moment the rootworm went through it, Scotty pushed with all of his might upward, bursting through the creature's thin skin. The bubbles pushed Scotty up quickly, and before he could blink, he was popping out of the red slushy mud. Two grey Argonians were standing under a nearby tree, holding a net. They looked in Scotty's direction with polite curiosity. In their net, Scotty noticed, were several squirming, furry, rat-like creatures. While he addressed them, another fell out of the tree. Though Scotty had not been educated in this practice, he recognized fishing when he saw it. "'Excuse me, lads,' Scotty said jovially. "'I was wondering if you'd point me in the direction of Gideon.' The Argonians introduced themselves as Drawing Flame and Furl of Fresh Leaves, and looked at one another, puzzling over the question. "'Who you seek?' asked Furl of Fresh Leaves." I believe his name is, said Scotty, trying to remember the contents of his long-gone file of blackmarsh contacts in Gideon. Arcane right foot, uh, rock? Drawing Flame nodded. For five gold, show you way. Just east. Is plantation east of Gideon? Very nice. Scotty thought that the best business he had heard of in two days, and handed Drawing Flames the five septums. The Argonians led Scotty onto a muddy ribbon of road that passed the reeds, and soon revealed the bright blue expanse of Topol Bay far to the west. Scotty looked around at the magnificent walled estates, where bright crimson blossoms sprang forth from the very dirt of the walls, and surprised himself by thinking, This is very pretty. The road ran parallel to a fast-moving stream, running eastward from Topol Bay. It was called the Oncobra River, he was told. It ran deep into Black Marsh, to the very heart of the province. Peeking past the gates to the plantations east of Gideon, Scotty saw that few of the fields were tended. Most had rotten crops from harvest past still clinging to wilted vines, orchards of desolate, leafless trees. The Argonian serfs who worked the fields were thin, weak, near death, and more like haunting spirits than creatures of life and reason. Two hours later, as the three continued their trudge east, the estates were still impressive at least from a distance. The road was still solid, if weedy, but Scotty was irritated, horrified by the field workers and the agricultural state, and no longer charitable towards the area. How much farther? Furl of fresh leaves and drawing flame looked at one another, as if that question was something that hadn't occurred to them. Arcanus east? Furl of fresh flames pondered. Near or far? Drawing Flame shrugged noncommittally and said to Scotty, For five gold show you way, just east, is plantation. Very nice. You don't have any idea, do you? Scotty cried. Why couldn't you tell me that in the first place when I might have asked someone else? Around the bend up ahead, there was the sound of hoofbeats, a horse coming closer. Scotty began to walk towards the sound to hail the rider and didn't see Drawing Flame's taloned claws flash out and cast the spell at him. He felt it though, a kiss of ice along his spine, the muscles along his arms and legs suddenly immobile as if wrapped in rigid steel. He was paralyzed. The great curse of paralysis, as the reader may be unfortunate enough to know, is that you can continue to see and think even though your body does not respond. The thought that went through Scotty's mind was, damn. For drawing flame and furl of fresh leaves were, of course, like most simple day labourers in Blackmarsh, accomplished illusionists and no friend of the imperial. The Argonians shoved decimus Scotti to the side of the road, just as the horse and rider came around the corner. He was an impressive figure, a nobleman in a flashing dark green cloak exactly the same colour as his scaled skin and a frilled hood that was part of his flesh and sat upon his head like a horned crown. Greetings, brothers, the rider said to the two. Greetings, Arcane right-foot rock, they responded, and then furl of fresh leaves added, What is my lord's business on this fine day? No rest, no rest, the Arcane sighed regally. One of my she-workers gave birth to twins. Twins! Fortunately, there's a good trader in town for those, and she didn't put up too much of a fuss. And then there's a fool of an imperial from Lord Vanek's building commission I am supposed to meet with in Gideon. I'm sure he'll want the grand tour before he opens up the treasury for me. Such a lot of fuss. Drawing Flame and Furl of Fresh Leaves sympathized, and then, as Archean right-foot rock rode off, they went to look for their hostage. Unfortunately for them, gravity being the same in Blackmarsh as elsewhere in Tamriel, their hostage, Decimus Scotty, had continued to roll down from where they left him, and was, at that moment, in the Ancobra River, drowning.